Hi, this is Alan Bolio from ITR Economics, and hello to all my friends at Johnstone Supply. Glad to answer your questions. Thank you for them. Uh, it's actually one of the parts of the job that I enjoy the most is being able to answer questions if I can. And uh, you asked some really good ones. First one is, I mentioned the stock market correction, not immediate, and that was in quotes. What is your expected timeline? Boy, if I could answer that, wouldn't that be special? Uh, that would be the million dollar question. And I would be going off of uh, some math and some gut feeling and all the rest of that. And that answer would lead me to uh, sometime in 22, but I could easily be wrong. So instead, we use the optimizer and ITR financial lead indicator. Uh, that's a shorter term view, because I don't think there is a tool that exists that can give you the long-term view that will say, you know, it'll be the second quarter of 2022. I, I just don't believe that it exists. We've looked long and hard. Our ITR financial leading indicator will, will give us a couple quarters out, and uh, not with 100% assurance, to be sure, but it's looking pretty good for a couple quarters. And the optimizer uh, model that was developed by ITR uh, is saying that it is a good time to remain in cyclicals, which means not in the immediate uh, near term either. So I'm sorry that's not as definitive as you wanted. I just don't think that definitive answer actually exists. The next question is very much related to that. What do we see happening with equities and the bond market? Well, we just answered equities, but let's talk about the bond market. Uh, bond market, I believe it was just yesterday, we saw the bond yield go to 1.74%. Uh, on the announcement that we're going to be doing more uh, spending at the government level, we're, we are now going to be uh, forgiving uh, student loans, billions of dollars of those, infrastructure bills coming down the pike. Uh, there, there are different spending plans coming, and the bond market seemed to be saying just a little bit, not, they're not shouting, but there's, their voice is heard that is, um, you're either going to create some inflation with all this fiat currency, or you're going to devalue the dollar by all this uh, massive spending and borrowing. And uh, there's no way of knowing which they were saying, but it certainly seems they were saying one or the other. And therefore, it may tap the brakes on government spending, may not, in which case we would see the bond market continue to ask for a little more in return. We don't see inflation coming, though, so they're not going to all of a sudden say, hey, uh, you really got to pony up here another 200 basis points or anything like that. Uh, if they did see inflation coming, as opposed to suspect there's inflation coming, then they would demand uh, that much more, or at least significantly more than what they just did. Uh, so far, it just seems to be a disquiet as opposed to a surety. Next question is, will the U.S. create an electronic version of the dollar? Well, I think that means uh, something in the way of cryptocurrency uh, that we will use for transactions in the United States. And the Federal Reserve Board and the Treasury have uh, talked about that. And under uh, Secretary of the Treasury Mnuchin, there was uh, quite a bit of talk about how that would work and how it might look. And that's as a way to, I don't mean combat as in uh, go head to head with Bitcoin and the other 1,300 cryptocurrencies out there but as a way to regulate it and keep it under control. Uh, what most people don't realize is that, uh, and it's maybe my age, but there's a lot of danger in Bitcoin. I know Elon Musk just put in, a, was it a billion and a half into Bitcoin, but he can afford to lose it. Uh, can you take half of your retirement, and that was just pennies to him, but if you were to take half your retirement and you're in your 50s or 60s, would you really want to put it into a cryptocurrency that is totally unregulated? 
where there have been frauds, where there have been uh, significant uh, disappearances of people's accounts and stuff, knowing there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Um, there is some danger there that I think needs to be thought out. Younger folks who don't have as much to lose because they have a lot of time and they're not talking the same dollar amounts and they have a different trust level in electronics are probably the future where we will see more cryptocurrencies, more Bitcoins, more investment uh, in that uh, process. Understand also there's a, a risk to this and I'm not sure how the banking industry is going to get around it. Uh, but, they, you know, the, the laundering of funds is an important consideration when you're a wealth advisor, when you're in a banking situation. And how they're going to protect against that, I don't know. Because right now, Bitcoin can be used for laundering money. It can be used for illegal transactions. It can be used for all sorts of things that normal processes and systems are designed now to avoid. So do I think there'll be one sometime in the future? Do I think I'll still be around? Uh, walking the face of the earth, probably, but chances are good that I'll still be hanging on to my debit card and to cash. Not to say that I'm right, by the way, just to say that it is certainly a function of demographics and it's generally, generationally driven. Uh, that answers the question about uh, cryptocurrency and the role of the economy. I think there will be a role in the future uh, but it's not going to be as fast as most people think because unregulated tends to mean dangerous. All right, will the, uh, excuse me, uh, can I remind everyone what the Big Depression will mean? Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. It's discussed in detail in our book, Our Being My Brother Brian and I, our book, Prosperity in the Age of Decline. Uh, Amazon has it in, in written uh, audio in the electronic uh, form for your Kindles. Uh, what it's gonna look like is a lot of unemployment, a lot of foreclosures on homes, a lot of businesses failing, a lot of industries facing hard times for years, and for a generation to go through some significant hardships. We thought last year was tough because the economy was shut down. Imagine if that lasts five years or six years. Uh, imagine what that will do to people and their thinking definitions and expectations. Some will do well. Engineers will do well because it's not a shutdown. It's a broken economy at that point. But it means there's a changing of views and values in terms of careers. What's important? How do I get by? There will be hungry people. There may be societal stress. There may be a, a reawakening to self uh, driven expectations and independent streak, if you will. It's very hard to tell, but it means all of that. It means the stock market's gonna crash, the price of your home value is likely to go down, and the price of your business is gonna go down. So if you're gonna hold on to your business into the Great Depression, understand you're not gonna to wanna to sell it in the Great Depression. You're gonna to wanna to sell it on the other side. Uh, and it means that government will likely have to spend less, uh, which means tax more, bad timing, but they're not, always in touch with that. And they are likely to find that it's difficult to borrow. So with all that going on, it's not gonna be fun. Uh, the next question relates to that. It says, do climate change predictions in 29 and 30 exacerbate the depression scenario or have little impact? Well, I don't think they exacerbate it. And it actually may have a positive impact is because one of the theories that Brian and I work under is that the financial stress of that period could give birth to new industries. It's a, uh, we have cycles for that. 
And really what it amounts to is there could be so much pain and capital could be looking for something to do or the timing just may just be right. That that may be where uh, electric vehicles uh, really come into being uh, as a new battery, for instance, comes along, makes that vehicle a whole lot less expensive to operate than a internal combustion engine uh, with all the repairs and things that can go along with that. Uh, we may find that that's a battery that can go 900 miles and, and take seven minutes to recharge at night. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen in that time period which would help that industry out and help people out at the same time. That's just one example. Uh, other chi climate change things would be energy, of course. Uh, by then, we may have seen ourselves shifting away uh, more so from fossil fuels and more into other forms. I'm not going to say solar and wind because I don't think that's the end of the line. I think that's just a step in the progression. And again, new technologies could come along because of climate change predictions that will give birth to new industries, new jobs, new engineering fields in that time period, and that can power us into the 2040s. Uh, how, is it, how is reduced domestic energy production going to affect the economy? as in proposed limitations on domestic oil, gas, coal production under the Biden administration. Well, if it's, if it's reduced, as you say, and it's not replaced, it has a clear negative impact on the economy. There's no way that it doesn't. All of a sudden, if you can't produce as much energy, electricity, for instance, from fossil fuels, the price of electricity is going to go up as a way to regulate its usage. If you can't produce as much gasoline or diesel fuel from uh, oil, then you're, you're going to find that the price goes up as there's, uh, in fact, a bidding for that commodity. And if it becomes a raw commodity, a rare commodity, excuse me, we bid it up even higher. So, I mean, it has that impact as, as we go forward. Now, if it's traded off, if it's, you know, we reduce domestic energy for electricity production because uh, by fossil fuels, including coal, because we're adding more nuclear, well, then the cost stays the same and you find that it is a, uh, not going to have a negative impact on the economy. It'll have a negative impact on jobs because as we produce less fuel uh, from, from fossil fuels and less fossil fuels are needed, we're going to find ourselves, obviously, with people losing their jobs. The theory is that people gain jobs on the other side. And as long as that's fairly balanced, we don't have a negative impact on the economy. We have a negative impact in verticals. If it's not fairly balanced, if it takes a lot less people to generate the same amount of electricity, because we're using nuclear, for instance, then all of a sudden your unemployment rate goes up and you have some social uh, issues that must be dealt with. It gets expensive uh, for the government and it could cause uh, some civil disruption, which is usually not good for the economy. Okay, next question. If your home homes are paid off, would you refinance now? Well, if you're going to refinance so that you can go out and earn more money above the uh, interest rate, sure, why not? As long as you get it paid off by 2030. Uh, and you plan a little earlier than that or stay right in touch with ITR, because we'll tell you if it's coming a little earlier than we think, which right now is 2030 and has been since we wrote the book. Uh, but if you can borrow at, uh, you know, 2%, 2.5% and go out there and earn 7%, why not? Uh, especially if you can do so in a way that is not going to be uh, uh, confisc confiscated via uh, high tax rates. See your tax attorney, but the theory certainly works in through there. For instance, you could buy a uh, rental property right now off your residential property 
And as you do that, you're going to find yourself an increased cash flow, increased value of that rental property. And then you're going to sell it at the peak uh, right before the economy goes bust uh, to somebody who says, hey, that's a lot of equity. I can do that. And there's a great cash flow. I'm going to grab that. So you're going to sell it at a nice increase over what you just bought it for. And uh, voila, it was possible because of low interest rates. If you have paid off your house and have no debt, where is a good investment class for the next five years? Well, I just gave you one. Certainly, uh, see previous discussion on the optimizer. Send me an email on that, alan at itreconomics.com. I will uh, see that you can get some information on that. Uh, but as far as investment classes goes, it, it, it depends on your risk. Now you're asking for investment advice. So I have to go through, it depends upon your risk tolerance, uh, what proportion of your portfolio, your age. I mean, that's a really tough question to, to answer. Real estate is nice. Towards the end of that five years, inflation uh, adjusted assets are nice or asset uh, segments that do well in periods of inflation. Uh, REITs, if you don't like real estate itself, uh, commodities will do well, that sort of thing. Uh, you could also be looking at just staying in cyclicals because over the next five years, barring that correction that is out there looming, uh, I think you're gonna find that you're gonna get some nice upward movement uh, just by staying in equities. I would not suggest just staying, just staying in the S&P 500. That's a middle of the road, best case scenario. You can do better than that. How will the proposed reduction in domestic energy production affect transportation costs? Well, that's really tied in. I wish I had uh, tied that one in uh, above. Uh, it could see it result in a, a, a very noticeable increase in transportation costs. If we're going to more expensive forms of energy without the technology to bring those costs down and we're forced to do so by government uh, regulations, EPA regulations or edicts, we're gonna find ourselves having to pay more to get from A to B, to get freight from A to B. Uh, we're gonna find that it drives up the cost of doing business and the cost of just being consumers. Um, so that reduction without the equivalent offset in same price or better priced energy means that costs will be going up in the future. I think that answers what is my take on the electrification of America. Uh, if, if, if I take that to mean uh, either EVs, which we discussed, or it means uh, electrification of America, as in we're, we're going to get away from fossil fuels. Um, I think that can go either way. The result is the same. Uh, it's gonna be a slower process than most people think. Uh, it could become an expensive process unless the pundits are right that in the next three to five years, we will have amazing batteries that we do not have now and that today's Teslas and other electric vehicles are mere prototypes and the real deal is still to come down the road. We'll see what happens. Uh, there are opportunities to be made there. There's real money to be made there. So I certainly suggest you look into it if it fits inside your business parameters at all. If nothing else, culturally, we're going in that direction. Another question for you. And the last question. We just saw a somewhat significant adjustment in the NASDAQ. Clearly, you are projecting a significant decline in 2030. But are you anticipating a significant correction in the near term? Uh, 2030 is a stock market and macroeconomic uh, downturn, very significant. Are we anticipating a significant correction in the economy? Yes, it's going to be noticeable and unpleasant in late 25, early 26 in that time period. I need some slack on that since it's five years out. 
or four plus years out. Uh, and we are going to see a significant correction in the stock market. That, my friend, is the easiest forecast of all because there's always a significant correction coming in the stock market. In the near term is relatively vague. I think I answered that just a few minutes ago. Our ITR financial lead indicator says not in the immediate near term, and the uh, optimizer says not in the immediate near term. But if you mean near term as six months from now, golly, I do not know. It certainly could. It wouldn't be a surprise, but I'm going to fly by my instruments and be ready to react in time. I find that much better than anticipating a problem that may decide to wait nine months when I think it will happen in six. Because if I get out that much too early, uh, I can leave a lot of money on the table. I'm not one who needs to time it, the high or the low, but I don't want to be off by that much because the market can afford to be wrong a lot longer than I can afford uh, to be right. So with that in mind, be careful, use the instruments. I wish you well. Thank you for allowing me to be part of, the, uh, of your day when we did the presentation. And thank you for allowing me the opportunity to answer your questions. You folks do great work. They're a great group. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Take care.